Welcome to The Secrets of the Self-Made, the podcast that takes you behind the scenes of some of the most successful and inspiring entrepreneurs and self-made individuals. Join us as we delve into the stories of those who have achieved great success, uncovering the secrets that allowed them to overcome challenges, push through obstacles, and ultimately achieve their dreams. From business magnets to creative geniuses, we explore the traits, habits, and mindsets that set these individuals apart and offer valuable insights and practical advice for anyone seeking to achieve their own success. Sit back, relax, and prepare to discover the secrets of the self-made. Welcome back to the Secrets of the Self-Made. Today, we are going to talk all things productivity. I'm super excited for this podcast. So we have Eric Fisher, who is the producer and host of the Beyond the To-Do List podcast. He has done that podcast for over 10 years. Actually, I think he just told me 11. That's amazing. Um, So Eric has talked with productivity experts as they share how they implement productivity strategies in their personal and professional lives. His mission is to really explore all aspects of productivity as a means towards the true end goal, living a meaningful life. So you probably now know why we thought Eric would be a great guest on Secrets of the Self-Made. So thank you so much for being here, Eric. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. All right. So you got to give us the backstory. Like, how did you become even interested in podcasting? And now doing this podcast, hosting and producing one podcast for over 10 years is like no small feat. So tell us about your journey. Yeah, it's a big deal. So uh, I will say this, I was sitting in a cubicle, June, July, 2005. And I was listening to music through iTunes on this big Dell tube monitor. They still had those. Uh, And I'm just cranking away, you know, typing, typing, typing. And then suddenly iTunes pops up and says, we have an update. I said, well, then I have a break time. So (laughs) I'm going to go refresh my coffee, do my cycle around the room, say hi to everybody, sit back down and get back to work. I do that. And then it's done. And I go to click into my music and I see on the sidebar, it says podcasts as one of the options there. And I thought, what is that? I click in and I suddenly realize, oh, this is like TiVo for radio shows. I can start and stop them. I can actually follow along with something, learn, be entertained, et cetera, um, instead of just sitting here listening to music. And it broke my brain. I said, oh, this is amazing. One, uh, I'm going to be listening to these all the time now. And then two, I'm going to do one of these. So So that was back in 2005? 2005, summer of 2005. We're coming up on 20 years of podcasts where it's feels so much more newer than that. It is. Yeah. Well, it's been, I mean, there's been lots of, well, when, when, what's the, what was the NPR, um, when serial, when serial invented podcasts, no podcasts were around, podcasts were around even before 2005. That's just the point that, uh, Steve jobs and Apple put them into Apple products. They predated that even a few years before that, like 2001 and two, it existed in its infancy, but it was there. So, so yeah. So flash forward from there, uh, I was involved with podcast communities, listening all the time. And then 2007, 
friend of mine and I who worked in my office, we said, let's start one. We did. It was kind of like a late night talk show kind of a thing. It was kind of us doing our Malcolm Gladwell 10,000 hours practicing in public quality, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. And we'd go to his house during our lunch hour and we'd, we'd drive there 10, 15 minutes, grab some, you know, we'd, we'd do the show, we'd record it. It was all set up in a spare bedroom, drive back, grab food on the way, sit and eat in our cube. And that's how we did it. We did that. We were cranking and doing like five a week for a while. Then wow. we said, okay, that's too much. Hey, hey, I don't really feel like doing the show today. Okay, that's fine. And that kind of, once we did that once, it kind of injected itself into as an, oh, you mean that's an option? And so we we chose that a little more often. <laughs> and we were doing one or two, three a week, maybe for a good you know chunk of time. In fact, we were of that year, 2007, December, iTunes added, it had listed us as one of the top 10 new comedy podcasts. Oh, that's so, awesome. Yeah. So that was my first time really doing a show. And then I co-hosted another one called Social Media Serenity for a while, where it was all about doing social media without going crazy, letting it use you. It's kind of, you know, next step into like the business type stuff that ended, that went from, I think, 2011, 10 or 11 to 2000. 12 or something like that then it phased out because it that host was doing the number of shows and needed to scale back and focus on the few that were the most applicable to his business Mm -hmm. at that point I said well I'm now I'm free to do my own thing started to come up with an idea and it was like well it took took six months it's like January to like June and I was investigating and thinking and you know, backburnering it, simmering the idea, collecting thoughts. And it came down to, well, I just want to talk to people. I want to learn from them. I want to have guests. I want to get the best information out of them. I mean, again, this is before a lot of people were doing this. It became common practice later, but I said, but what, but what's the, what's the premise? What's the point? Why, why do it? And I thought, well, is it, you know, I want to talk to people and get, you know, how do they do time management? How do they, how do they stay creative? How do they, work, do work-life balance? How do they manage themselves? And I thought, well, that sounds like productivity, but it's not just productivity. It's productivity beyond the to-do. There's the title. And I, and I kind of said it in an almost um, infinity and beyond Buzz Lightyear kind of a way. And that's how it started and has been going ever since. I love it. I love it. Okay. So now what's the cadence? It's weekly. It Every is? single okay. week. Yeah. Now in the early days I did, I did the first 16 and then I thought, okay, I need to take a break, reevaluate, figure out how to do this better and move it along long-term. I would say in that first two to three years, three to four years, it was almost every week, but there was times where it was a eh, little, you know, it's still trying to make it work, but I would say from about the midpoint now on, it's been every single week. And again, learning to batch process and get ahead and plan ahead and and be consistent. It's not easy. Yeah. Talk about applied learning. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Awesome. Okay. So tell us like, what has that done for your life? Like the learning that you've been afforded and the application towards your own podcast, how has that impacted your life? pretty big deal. I mean, it's, it's one of the things this is like, okay, well you get to define what productivity is. You don't have to just say it's what other people think it is. Right. And it's 
being able to say, well, there are times where I want to be completely unproductive and then in retroactively call that productive because creative ideas came out of it. Right. So it's one of those things where, I mean, a lot of people would say, oh, I'm not being productive. One of the things I, I actually, I took a walk the other day and I thought of this one statement. It, It was, man, I feel like I can't ever just do nothing because there's so much everything that I need to get done. And I thought, oh my gosh, I I mean, I thought to myself, well, if I was listening to somebody say that on a podcast, I'd instantly relate. So it was almost like I was listening to my own inner monologue. Uh Uh And I thought, there's a lot of other people I think that, you know, think that and feel that same Uh way. Uh And they need to know that it's okay to unplug, to pause, to do less. And that that is actually Uh still very much productive. And so it's been kind of that different ethos of productivity in my mind it's yeah yeah and the word beyond makes you feel like we're leaping and going everywhere and I'm like no that's just the scope you get to go everywhere and pick and pull something back and then apply it but it's not that you spread yourself too thin right yeah we have um an, a saboteur assessment that we offer um to you know, people who are wanting to better understand what's really kind of holding them back. It's these saboteur narratives. And there's 10 that have kind of been personified. And the judge is more of the universal one. But the one that comes to mind as you're talking is the restless, where you're constantly in search of that like greater excitement in the next activity, or you're constantly busy uh, rarely at peace or content with that current activity. Um, restlessness can be like a strategy to escape from having to deal with fears and anxiety. So it is a saboteur narrative, but what's really important to know about it is that it's actually birthed from your greatest strengths. So somebody who's very, you know, goal driven, um, if that strength is being overused and abused by your, what I like to call your primitive brain, it shows up as this restless saboteur narrative. So um, having that awareness is where it's at. Like you can really um, navigate that just by having the awareness that that's a, that's a narrative that, you know, is very prominent in your life. It doesn't mean that you're a restless person, um, it just means that that narrative is is most prominent and that's good to know. So you can kind of intercept it before it unfolds and really creates unwanted results. So, yeah, yeah, I really like that. So, okay, um, tell me, you, you're, it has had a massive impact. I think I love the fact that you are kind of this... Um, microcosm like you get to be the experiment the lab experiment for everything that you're that you're learning um and how would you say it's impacted your listeners I want I mean that's that's one of the biggest reasons why why we do it right why we create podcasts why we create content it's because we want to have some I mean sure we want to have some sort of lasting cumulative body of work that matters but when we say it matters, it means that it evokes change, that mm-hmm. it, it helps somebody. And so when people go to my site and they click the contact button and they're not just saying, hey, I have a guest that I think you should have on. It's, hey, I really enjoyed that conversation you had with insert guest here. And 
I took what you said and what they said and started to apply it in this way. And it starts a dialogue and I'm able to hit reply and it's an email and we're going back and forth. And it's, and honestly, it's more meaningful than just a comment on a social network. That's the kind of thing that really um, helps me, you know, and I hear from people who struggle and they say, you know, I finally just decided I was going to, and this is not for everyone. It is not a one size fits all productivity doesn't work that way, but they said, I'd been working on the weekends pretty often and I decided I was going to put a barrier on my weekend and I was going to try and get what I would, you know, what I would normally do on the Saturday morning or the Sunday morning or evening. I'm going to do that. I'm going to work maybe an extra hour, hour and a half later on Friday and, or get up a little earlier again. On a Friday, I don't know that I would do that. I would maybe say, hey, start Monday a little earlier because Friday yeah. you're kind of wasting time. Yeah. You're not yeah. really getting the the impact there. But yeah. they and and that was kind of a part of our dialogue. But it came down to they said, I am not going to work on the weekend. I'm going to fully recharge. And they said, once I made that switch, it became possible. And then it became a habit and it became a, a stabilizing agent and a, a, a renewal yeah. each weekend. Yeah. You want to, you want me to give you my theory on why that plays out that way? Love it. Yeah. So when you're feeling, so let's say that person who um, sent you the email was before they had heard your podcast, they were feeling kind of out of control. They were feeling like they were having to do things against their will. They were like, oh my God, I really don't want to have to work on the weekends, but I find myself working on the weekends and it's it has a lot to do with the fact that they hadn't made the decision. They had not yet decided that they didn't want to work on the weekends and that they could just add an extra hour here or there and maybe be okay with maybe B minus work or, you know, closing up shop and letting things carry over to the next week. They just had never made that decision and a lack of a decision really does create a sense of, or a lack of control. It it's So now they're operating from this feeling, the feeling of out of control is what's driving all of their behaviors. And so they on, they start to get these like compounded unwanted results. Whereas once they make the decision, nothing more has changed besides the fact that they've made a decision, but now they're operating from a place of control because all they've done is made the decision. They haven't actually done anything else, but they have made that decision. So now it is control that is driving the ship and they'll be taking actions from control, not from chaos, not from, you know, uh, discouragement, not from feeling unworthy, it's control that they're taking action from. And that feels so good. So the win is actually on the front end before they've actually even, you know, increased their productivity. Um, and it feels so good. And I love that when people are like, all I did was make the decision. I'm already feeling good. And it's like, well, hang on tight because <laughs> that that feeling is going to drive organically. You don't even have to try Of course, there's best practices out there, and I encourage everybody to find the best practices, but that feeling is going to organically drive you to take action on those best practices. And now we're like, it's like we've just put gasoline on the 
fire and we've had this explosion of productivity. That's my theory. Yeah. Well, even to build on what you just said, having then made that decision and having alleviated that stress, then you're not, he, this person's not going through the weekend, one, doing work, but two, even if they didn't do work, but felt like they should be because they hadn't made the decision, they, you know, that whole weekend, their, their energy is being sapped and they're not, even if they're not working, they're not recharging either. And so they come to Monday and they're like, oh my gosh, I wasted the weekend. And then they've got all these nagging doubts and thoughts and, and then that's building up distraction and they're not optimal for the week either. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, do you, do you strike up relationships with, with these people? Do you keep in contact with them and, and, or is it just, you kind of get that one off. This was a great podcast. I, this is my takeaway. And like, I'm just curious, like, I know you are newer to the, um, offering programming and things like that. I'm just curious to know, do people come back to you and say, what else do you got for me? There have been times where that's happened. Yeah. It's, it's kind of, you know, I mean, it, it is what it is. It's, it's kind of a slow burn for a while. I didn't have any kind of contact information, you know, Hey, reach out to me kind of thing on the site at all. It was more just, Hey, just listen. And the numbers were good. So it didn't really matter and whatever, but like over time, it's like, Oh yeah, you know what? Like, that's the thing is like, I have all these like insights as to if I were starting again right now, I know what I would set up, which is community and Mm -hmm. feedback and being able to keep the pulse and get, you know, feedback as in terms of what's the next step. Hey, oh, well, I, you know, I need to create something that helps people do this and so on and so on. In fact, that's in the mix now, finally. So again, it's all about balance. It's like, you know, finding out what is right and what's exciting and what's something I'm interested in doing something with versus just, oh, doing it because I have to, because again, I'm, there's nothing wrong with doing things because you have to, because again, we have to, but I would love to have the Venn diagram be, oh, it's also because you want to. And third circle being because people want it and you validated that. So, yeah. Yeah. So which direction is your programming going to go? Is it going to have an emphasis and a focus on the best practices of podcasting, or is it going to have a focus on productivity and best practices? It's funny you mentioned that because I'm still going to go productivity first. I found a topic and was walking through it, talking through it with a mastermind and everybody was resonating and said, this is exactly what your first step is. However, I love talking shop. And I think that there's definitely an avenue for podcasting, coaching slash, you know, all that kind of good stuff. I mean, I've spoken at podcasting conferences in the past. And so Mm-hmm. I want to be able to branch out and help other podcasts. In fact, one of the podcasters who reached out and had me on their show said, hey, would you mind having like a half hour call? I would love to pick your brain. I'm like, you know what? Sure. I love talking shop. Didn't even, didn't charge them. Didn't care to, because it was like, you know what? What I just had as value on your show was so valuable that I just thought, no, I, I would love to, one, I wanted to kind of do it as a test run and yeah. kind of say, okay, what kind of questions are they going to ask me? And once it was over, it, it validated. It was like, oh yeah, now if I could do that for half hour to an hour and do it consistently and with multiple people and, oh, it's a revenue stream. Mm-hmm. Love it. So set, yeah. let's set that up, Eric. <laughs> I yeah. said to myself. <laughs> <laughs> and yourself said back to you. Yeah, let's do yes. it. <laughs> let's put that on the, let's put that on the project map. That's awesome. I love it. Okay. So what are some of your like, 
best productivity pieces of advice? Like, is there anything, I mean, we've all heard, or maybe we haven't all heard. I, I teach, um, uh, productivity uh, mindsets and how to, you know, find the right feeling that's going to drive a more consistent and sustainable productivity routine and get you the results that you want. So I think I know what some of the best productivity advice is, but I'm, I would love to hear what you've found. Yeah. Well, I will say this later today, still on a Friday afternoon, I am recording two more episodes for my show. And one is about personal energy management. And the other is going to be all about sleep. And if there's not a coincidence between those two, I don't know what is, but those are two of the biggest things I've heard people talk about. Productivity isn't about time management. It's about energy management. And part of me is just like, yeah, you're just saying that to get like, you know, a a, a snap judgment and get attention for it. But you're not wrong either, because again, it's like one of it's like counting calories, right? It's like, oh, well, this bag of pre-made popcorn that you pop open, it's a hundred calories. Oh, here's also a little thing of candy that says it's a hundred calories. But obviously, those calories aren't made of the same thing, so they affect your body differently. So it's the same, and so take the calories now to your time management, and you're counting your time. It doesn't matter if it's we're all you know if it's all the same hours or you know we've all got the same 24 hours yeah but not all hours not all minutes not all days are created equal or do we treat them that way right and it's about getting into so some of the best stuff is you know doing time tracking to see um what are you spending your time on already where should you be spending your time on doing a time audit but also it's much more about energy management as well as matching task to time of day with your Mm -hmm. chronotype, Mm -hmm. meaning when you get up and when you sleep and when you are best suited personally, physiologically to do certain tasks for the day. Yeah. Have you heard of aura, aura rings? I have heard of that. Yes. So I have one on, this is an aura ring. The black ring is an aura ring. And I was just looking because, um, they become more and more advanced by the day. I I love collecting data. So I also wear a CGM, which is a continuous glucose monitor. So I can see my blood glucose spikes, which can you can interpret your insulin resistance or insulin sensitivity from that. Um, so I love looking at data, but they just added to the Aura app your... Um, uh, midpoint of your sleep and how aligned it is with your uh, chronotype. So I think that's kind of fascinating. That's um, amazing. They give you aura is really kind of fun because they sort of gamify it. They will give you a score um, based on readiness. And that has, you know, activity, your activity levels, your heart rate, um, your heart rate variability, all of those, um, contribute to your readiness factor. And then it, it also will rate your sleep based on the different types of sleep, deep sleep, REM sleep, light sleep. Um, and, and then activity, it'll pull out activities specifically and give you a score on that. So they've also just, um, started a community within the app called circles. So you can 
bring other people who are also wearing an aura ring and really kind of look at their scores and kind of even be a little competitive with it or gamify it even more. So I've used an aura ring. I think this is the third one I've had. It's the second one I've had and we're on the third version. Um, they also track your body temperature. I mean, it's just, it's fantastic information. Um, your oxygen rate. So I love that. I, I agree that, you know, understanding your energy level is really important, but what I mm -hmm. heard you say is not only just understanding your energy level and how much sleep you're getting, but being strategic with that information. Now we're talking about, okay, so now that we know that information, what are we going to do with it? And so can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. So I referenced earlier the whole guy who was going to not work on the weekend. And he thought, well, and his initial thought was, well, on a Friday, what I'm going to do is just work longer that day. I'm going to put in more time. And, you know, that's quantity, not necessarily quality. And right. so I was suggesting to him, well, what if you just already parked certain things earlier in the day on a Monday? So then, and then if you got those done, or something along those lines, because if you get more done earlier in the week, take Friday as like your admin morning and afternoon and just kind of square stuff away, pass the baton to your future self, as I've been yeah. known to say sometimes, and then put it away. And I said, do you do any kind of, um, you know, shutdown ritual for your workday so that you put it away and turn, you know, turn your brain off when it comes to that, um, when it comes to, you know, Take, take a commute walk. If you're remote working, shut everything, you know, turn it, get everything done that you've said you're going to do commitment wise, mm -hmm. shut everything off, unplug the, the laptop or whatever, and put it away in a bag or something off your desk. So you can't <laughs> just suddenly sit down at the desk again later that evening, walk outside, maybe grab the dog, who knows, and then go do a lap around the block and come back. And then it's honey, I'm home. And then that's your reset. You we walk through a threshold. It's kind yeah. of like how, um, you know, you forget what you walked into a room to do because uh, yeah. your brain resets walking through thresholds. It's a psychological yeah. thing. Yeah. So that's one aspect of it. Another is again, knowing, okay, you know what? Hey team, we need to not have this creative meeting at a point when I am my least creative in the day and knowing when you can be the most creative or when it's just a, hey, let's just check in and chat for a couple minutes. Okay, cool. It doesn't re require a lot of um, mental RAM, <laughs> if you will, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for that moment. So it's it's knowing, it's not just matching energy, it's matching energy and task appropriateness throughout yeah. the day. Excellent. Any other tips? I think that's a good one. I mean, yeah. I think that one is so easily overlooked um, because people are just like so in the routine and momentum has started from the time that their eyes have been, you know, opened and they don't stop and think about the strategy behind how I'm going to be the most productive. So I think that's a good one. Is there anything else? Yeah. Well, let me tack one thing onto that. It's, it's kind of like avoiding certain areas of traffic during rush hour traffic, you know, it's congested. You're sitting there going slower on the same route that you could have zipped through mm -hmm. earlier or later than, and it's just about planning that time better. If that helps people understand it a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah. So. My listeners are used to me spelling out the self-control operating system. That's our little four-part system that we teach to every client 
in the context of anything that they want to either achieve or a problem that they want to solve. And so the S is, it's the acronym is SELF. And I just tell people you have to understand yourself. And so the S is self-coaching. It's asking yourself the right questions, slowing down, asking yourself the right questions. And oh, by the way, you have to answer them too. Like you gotta ask a question and answer it. Yeah. The E is eliminating the obstacles. Exactly what you just said. Like looking ahead, what are the obstacles that are standing in my way? Um, sometimes these obstacles are ones that you can see. And sometimes they're ones you can't see those saboteur narratives that I talked about earlier. You can't see those, but they are absolutely most definitely a, an obstacle. The L is leveraging your prodigy brain strength. So we've got the primitive, we've got the prodigy brain, um, primitive, you know, offers you a lot of fear-based thoughts that we operate by default from the prodigy brain is your prefrontal cortex. It has the ability to be more responsive, it has the ability to question, it has the ability to be intentional, and you can tap into strengths like empathy, discovery, innovation, navigation. You can only tap into those strengths through accessing your prodigy brain. And then finally, and this is you know, by design, the fourth and final step is forging intentional results with best practices, finding what are the best practices for anything that you want to achieve or overcome because they're out there. And I want to make sure that I really always shine a light on, you know, we are mindset first. Um, there is always a place for best practices, but that's not where you start. Because if you start with the checklist, it's probably not going to be a sustainable enjoyable journey. So um, I love that, you know, going back to the eliminating the obstacles. And I like the analogy of avoiding the traffic on the commute. <laughs> well, speaking of the voices, I think one of the things that really uh, sabotages people, I know it sabotages me, especially me, because it's like, well, you're a productivity podcaster. You should be more productive than you are. And when I'm not, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm such a fraud, you know, and uh -huh. da, 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 da. but really what it comes down to is, is I think that we expect too much of ourselves. I try to tell people you need to select. I mean, obviously I get it. There is a bunch of tiny tasks that are two to five minutes, but can you not just block half an hour once or twice in a day to do that flurry of activity? And then that's all done and out of the way and then pick three things for the day that you're going to start and fully finish. Yeah. And whether that means it's part of a project, like it's one segment of a project. In other words, select something that you can start and complete and feel good about checking off that to-do yeah. list. But if yeah. you don't do that, you feel like you get to the end of the workday and you're like, I don't even know what I did today. And I don't have anything to show for it, which honestly, because we're working with, intangible items that are digital yeah. based most of the time it's very easy to to just be like well i don't have widgets that have cranked that are sitting here piled up that i can point to and say i did that today yeah good job me so yeah. that's yeah. that's one of the other big things for me and for many others actually yeah i um the way i have a workbook that we teach our clients how to use and it has a daily planner and there are you know, the three non-negotiable spaces. And I only use those spaces 
for results. So what are the results I'm going to create? So it's not, I don't like to think about it as a to-do, something that's going to just get me halfway there. Like what's the, at the end of the day, this is going to be a result. It's going to be done. And so those are the things that land in the non-negotiable spots. Um, And that really works well for me. And I do contribute a lot of my productivity to that, but it all starts with the mindset of, you know, framing up, what does a result look like? <laughs> Des- exactly. that decision. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is like, it, it's why I said earlier that, you know, productivity is not a silver bullet for everybody. It's not one size fits all. It's not the same for everyone. Everybody has to define what success looks like and completion looks like for things for themselves. Because again, you know, if you go with like all the different rule productivity rules that are out there, like that work will work expands to fill the amount of time that is possible to, to fill it. And so if you just narrow it down, you'll still get this. I mean, you can still get a lot of the same stuff done in a smaller amount of time. You just say, Oh, instead of an hour to do this thing, I'm going to say, I'm going to do it in half an hour. And you do because you're not isn't that, saying isn't that amazing. Yeah. Right. It's like, yeah. okay, there you go. Time is a mental construct, my friends. It is a <laughs> mental construct. And so I think yeah. that, uh, that's, I think that's proven every single day by what people, you know, uh, create with the same exact 24 hours as the next guy. Yep. So, okay. Well, so how can people find you? Um, I'm sure that I, I know that we're going to have our listeners quickly looking for your podcast on their devices. How can they find you? Yeah, well, we've got about 500 episodes of Beyond nice. the To-Do List at beyondthetodolist.com. That's where you can find all the latest and greatest. Recently had Seth Godin, Gretchen Rubin on, if those names are familiar to you. Um, had a lot of fun. One of my favorites actually was having, uh, if you're familiar with somebody feed Phil, Phil Rosenthal from Netflix. Oh, and yeah. also the creator of Everybody Loves Raymond had a great conversation with him about, you know, pulling from your own life to put into your art and your creations as he and his writing staff did for everybody loves Raymond. And so oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Eric, so it's not just all business. Right. How the heck did I get you on my podcast? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. I will anxiously await to see what you bring forward into the world. I think that's super exciting that you've got some things in the works and Thank you for sharing with us. This has been a really fun podcast as I knew it would be, but I'm so glad that you, you agreed to be on. Yeah, this has been really fun. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, take care. Are you struggling to achieve your goals? Do you find yourself getting sidetracked by distractions and obstacles along the way? It's time to take control of your mind and harness the power of self-control with Mind Over Matter. This three-hour program is packed with practical strategies and techniques to help you overcome challenges, stay focused, and achieve your goals. With expert guidance and real-world examples, you'll learn how to train your mind to stay on track and avoid the pitfalls that can derail your progress. Whether you're looking to improve your health, build your business, or reach any other goal, Mind Over Matter is the solution you've been searching for. So why wait? Sign up now and start achieving the success you deserve. Go to www.selfmadeyou.com.